Welcome back to the Wagon With Podcast, everybody. Hey! Hey, we got a fun-filled house today at the Grigley Residence. Fun-filled show. I got to meet my man. Vito. Vito, all the way from Ohio. Vito's in the house. Emily's dad is here. <laughs> there he is. Number he's, one fan on Podbean. Number one, he is. He's our number one fan. I know. There you go. Vito might be the only person who's listened to every episode. I, uh, maybe maybe we have friends that have done that. But I and know. if you I, have listened to every episode, let us know because we have swag, people. We want to give the swag to you. So let us know. Chime in and we will send you some awesome koozies. That's right. We keep we keep tagging this, but we gotta actually put like something out on social media. So okay, we'll put, we'll do it we'll on do social that. media. We'll as do well. it tomorrow. I promise we'll do it this week. This okay, week. great. Holiday well, weekend. Nothing better right. than sipping a cold beer on Fourth of July with a waggling with koozie. Nothing right. like being. <laughs> What's more American? Yeah, Vito's than that? saying every weekend's a holiday weekend here. Um, I mean, this weekend was a good weekend. That's right. We had Emily's baby shower. No, it was our baby shower. It was oh red. <laughs> Our oh baby shower. It did. It was our baby shower. Anybody who went uh, knows we had a pretty good time. It, was, it got aggressive. It was the most <laughs> aggressive baby shower on the his, in the history of baby showers. It was tremendous. There you go. Just uh-huh. like my mulching job at Jason's. Tremendous. Nobody's ever seen a better mulcher. Than me. <laughs> um, anyways, Everybody's still talking about let's it. Let's get to the golf. Okay. Uh, we got an amazing podcast for you guys today. Uh, we had the pleasure of having Brennan Little... Uh, Gary Woodland's caddy on the podcast today. He gave a great interview, a lot of insight and tidbits on on the U.S. Open win, obviously, and his whole career. We get into some of his hobbies, fishing and hockey. Uh, it's it's a great interview. It's a great podcast. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up in a few minutes. But first, let's get to this weekend. We'll recap this real quick. The first time at Detroit Golf Club. For the uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic. That's right, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, Nate Lashley, congratulations! What a story this guy is. Uh, let's get we'll get into Nate, but uh, overall, Scotty, what are your thoughts on the, the you know on the golf tournament on Detroit Golf Club and uh, you know watching the golf this weekend at a new spot? Yeah, it was fun. It's always fun to see new venues and places that I've never got to see, or and I think for most golf fans, uh, obviously scores were pretty low, um, but like hats off to pretty this. low. Holy cow! I mean, come on, broke some records. But but I think that's and that's what we knew going in. I think I even said it last week. The 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 back nine plays super easy for fireworks, and Mm -hmm. you saw that with Lashley come out in the first round and shoot sixty three. And so again, I think that's kind of what they were designed for. It's what this tournament was designed for. It's saw some maybe not so bigger household names come out and put up really good scores to show you the the depth of the field, the depth of the tour. Um, But yeah. um, we don't need to get into it, but you know the loss that this guy's story and where he's come from and what he's battled and to be a PGA Tour winner and uh, unbelievable. Oh, uh, yeah, it's such a Cinderella story for Nate, sure. and I mean even even so much so for falling short uh, to get through the Monday qualifier qualifier, but yep. then cracking into it because of uh, David Bergianio. Did I get it right? Bergianio uh, Jr. He he withdrew on Wednesday, so that's the got reason. Got in as an alternate, yeah. Yeah, he got in as an okay. Sorry, I could have gotten right to the point there, but I think <laughs> the right. story to like drown it out a little bit is worth telling. Yeah, no, his story is worth telling. So I mean, again, as Emily said, got in to this tournament as an alternate. You don't you rarely see somebody that gets in as an alternate even contend. Never mind win the tournament. Right. 
never mind shoot 24 under par or whatever he ended up shooting to win. Um, but so, uh, Scotty, you might know the story a little bit better than I did, but he played his college golf at uh, the University of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yep. And his dad is a pilot. Um, they went to watch him play at a tournament. I'm not sure whether it was an amateur tournament or one of the college golf college tournaments. tournament, yeah. His, uh, his dad and his girlfriend at the time, and his dad flying his dad, the plane. dad, mom, and girlfriend. Uh, oh, his mom, too? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that. Um, so the family's flying back to the Midwest somewhere in Nebraska, I want to say, or something like that, where he was from. And uh, the plane went down, didn't hear from him, um, All lost all three well two of the family members and his girlfriend at the time in a plane crash um obviously that is a very very tough thing to come back from it's unspeakable you really can't even put yourself in that um in those shoes to to lose people that close to you in such a tragic and quick way um and all the while flying back from a golf tournament you were playing in so um he's persevered since is it's just a great story and again i I said this often because we could waste a lot of minutes on this podcast talking about how great people are and and their whole life stories but we'd keep you guys here for about three or four hours and we don't want to do that so but his story is worth googling If, if there's any story i'm telling you guys to look up it's this guy's story uh it's it's such a good Story, feel good story, sad story, but feel good story for the moment. Congrats to Nate Lashes. Great yeah, to see I him think win. it's honestly simply the best story of the season. Yeah, you could argue that for sure. I mean, it's 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 up there, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it makes you feel good when you feel like what the guy's been through and to now be a winner. Well, Nate Lashley, Deserves congratulations. This. I hope you're celebrating. You got your automatic ticket to Ireland going yeah. there to play this coming week and. A life changer, another, another life, life yeah. changer, another another new guy on tour winning and, and a new, not a household name. But when you look at all the benefits this guy's going to have over the next, you know, probably two years from this one PGA Tour win, it's, it's just so well-deserved. You know, I do want to say one thing that he said in the press conference that really stuck to me. I actually said this to my dad. I was like, I really like this. He goes... You know, after all that I've gone through and I know and I knew that I wanted to stick with continue to playing golf, I knew it was never going to be easy, but at some point I knew it was going to be worth it. Mm. And clearly mm. this past week and this past Sunday, it was totally worth it. Yeah. So yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think we'd give anybody a timeline, but I think that happened in when did when did the tragedy happen? <laughs> Uh, it was in the 2000s i want to say early 2000s, early 2000s you know he's, he's an older guy's a journeyman he, he he went on and off tour he's been off tour he got tried to get into the real estate business a little bit so just to give some perspective this guy's not only you know had an unspeakable tragedy he also had to believe in himself and you know keep at it for the last 10 years or so mm-hmm. and uh and stick with golf and and it finally pays off so yeah to speak to your quote, the reason I thought about that, Emily, is because you mentioned the quote, you know, it, you knew it wouldn't be easy, but it would be worth it someday. Um, it was worth it this Sunday at Detroit Golf Club when he uh, hoisted his first PGA Tour trophy. So, again, Heck congrats yeah. to Nate. Um, 15 years ago. 15 years, yeah. It's a long time to be, like, on and off tour. Yeah. you got to really believe in yourself for then because uh, there's a lot of other things you can do to make money and, and sustain a living and uh, sticking with golf for that long. Uh, you got to have a lot of cojones to do that, and I'll say it that way. Um, anyway, so congrats, 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 congrats to Nat. 
It's a gnat. <laughs> it's a gnat. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, anyways, so we're excited. We're excited for Irish Open this week at La Hinch. Yep. Vito's been at La Hinch with us. Vito's played La Hinch. Yep. Uh, so we've we had a great time there. We said this in the podcast last weekend. Uh, but yeah, if you're if you're looking for some good Lynx golf, the next three weeks is the time to turn in. You get the Irish Open at um, Port Rush in, in three weeks, mm-hmm. but you get Scottish Open uh, next week, and you have the Irish Open this week, yep. um, which is at La Hinch, and uh, La Hinch is just a phenomenal track, so it'll just kind of get you excited for what's to come in Ireland oh, uh, at the I Open Championship. I can just taste the Ireland. I can just taste the Irish food on that street right now. Oh, I can so taste the Guinness. <laughs> and the Guinness, but, you know, I haven't had a Guinness in a while, so. No, you haven't. That's true. <laughs> that was probably the last time you, like, really drank. Well, no. Huh? I mean, no, October, I, I think it was, you know, it's Boston Red Sox. That's World, right. You World know? Series champs. <laughs> it sure was. Makes me Bruins. feel better after the Bruins. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Scotty. Yeah, okay. All right. So, Brennan Little. Brennan Little, coming uh, up. And and can we just say, I just want to say thank him personally. I reached out to him, uh, sent a text right after he won. I didn't hear back. Um, and so I sent a text back and, and he responded. He'd love to do it right away. And, and he was so easy to work with. So, um, Great yeah. guy. Yeah, it's awesome. And thank you, Scotty, for doing it. Uh, believe it or not, the Wagon With podcast does not have a PR or communications <laughs> department. <laughs> it's just the three that of reaches us out yeah. to uh, agents and so on and so forth. It's it's just us DMing people uh, on Instagram. But you know, we little, get we shout out to that. all the caddies. Let's, let's not like sugarcoat it. Uh, well, but, okay, I'm just trying to okay. make it sound cool. Let's not belabor <laughs> here. Let's get everybody into an awesome interview yeah. because it was it was a pleasure uh, work er, talking with Brennan Little. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right, guys. So here it is. All right, guys. Joining us today, a very special guest, Brennan Little is on the show. Gary Woodland's caddy, a major champion this year, veteran caddy on tour, uh, and a great guy. Thank you for joining us, Brennan. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you guys? We're excellent. Excellent. Good, good. Awesome. Thank you so much for for coming on. We are very excited to have fun. you on. So it is. Uh, yeah, great. Good job. We win some more majors, and I'll come back on again, right? Let's go. You, hey, you're always welcome. You can you can come on and wins, wins, losses. You know, whatever, whatever you, whenever you want, buddy. So your first major on win tour with Gary uh, this at the U.S. Open. Congratulations! Uh, so when Gary sinks that putt on eighteen, uh, you guys are major champs. You're you're going. What's going through your mind? And what did Gary say to you as you guys embrace? Take our listeners to that moment on eighteen. Yeah, I think there's a lot going through your mind. There's a lot going through your mind. You know, the last couple of days and the last nine holes. And for me, it always takes a little while to sink in. I'm not exactly sure. I just told Gary I was proud of him. I told him all week his attitude was was really good. He just needed to, to to keep that mentality where nothing really bothered him. And yeah, I could tell he was in a little bit of a zone all week. It was just something was a little bit different. But as far as sinking, as far as what goes through your mind, there's a lot going through your mind. I mean, it's but at the same time, it does take a little while to sink in because everything's moving so quick, and you know, you don't. It just doesn't instantly hit you until you know right on that time it doesn't just it, through your mind it takes you a little while to get you know to get away from it and then kind of realize what happened so has it sunk in at this moment a few weeks later now <laughs> are you basking in the glory right now 
No, it's actually pretty funny. I had to rush out of there because my kids were playing in a baseball tournament back home, the World Series. So I ended up getting stuck at SFO on Monday and then rushed back. And then obviously last week in Detroit, it kind of did sink in because everyone's coming up to you. And, you know, at the same time, it's, it's, it's a pretty amazing sport where you're right back at it, you know, the next week. And then there's another tour winner. And now we get a couple of weeks off and then you'll be at the British Open and right. you know, won't be brought up that much. So. It sure, was good but, to get that week out of the way and get moving. Yeah. Now let's obviously you talked a little bit about the moment on 18, but let's back up on hole 17, which is kind of the shot of the tournament, if you will, at that point. Yeah. What what was the thought there to use Wedge off the green? I know he did it on Friday. What was the discussion like? You know, there really wasn't a discussion. I mean, I went and looked at it and he said to me, he goes, I can't putt this, can I? And I was I was like, No. I mean, I think the best he probably could have done is if he ran it up through the first cut, by the time it got on the green, it was probably going to be 10, 15 feet low because he just couldn't get it high enough without putting it through the rough. So he has practiced that before. I think it's it's a pretty ironic thing that one of his old teachers used to have him chip off the green all the time for contact. So it's something yeah. he has done a lot. And he also did get it up and down on Friday. So it made it a, it, it was actually an easy decision. Um, if the ball had been another three or four feet towards the front of the green and he actually had an opportunity to putt, then it might have been a little different. But where it was, it was it was the only shot he had. Yeah, that was that was lights oh, out. It was an amazing shot. <laughs> Sixty four degree too, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's it's uh, it, it is a, a, a very lofted club like that, and he you know, like I say, he had to get a, he had to use it to get the spin on, and it's not like he could use a pitching wedge or a, a fifty three because he needed that green kind of runs down and away and he needed to spin on it. So it was an amazing shot. I will say, I mean, I've seen him hit some good shots before, but to do it, you know, and and quip it like he did where it was pretty much a gimme, you know, during that, in that situation, I mean, it was, it was a great shot. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, you, you talk about how, um, Gary's mindset throughout that entire week was unlike, anything that you've, you've seen him, um, um, be. And so can you kind of take us through, like, what was the banter like all day, especially on Sunday with, with Brooks, uh, making noise behind him? Like, how were you involved in, in keeping him calm? Did you? No, I didn't really have to keep him calm. I mean, we, there's one thing we do have, and that's a, a lot of the same interests, whether it's, you know, it's generally sports. Um, talking basketball, talking, I, I, I talk some hockey with them. So <clears throat> we just do our, we did our normal thing. As far as the calmness, I don't know. Yeah, it was just a little bit different than he's always pretty, pretty laid back and pretty mellow, but it was just an extra focus level um, or, or sense of calmness is probably better to him all week. Uh, and it started from the first day, which is, I don't know, I guess that's what happens, you know, just a, a special week, but he was definitely just a little more calm. Now, did you did you do any scoreboard watching or anything like that, um, especially on on the 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 you know from hole eight or nine um, through through eighteen on the last day? Oh yeah, I did. I looked at the scoreboard and I saw what Brooks was doing. At the same time, you know, until you get to the last three, four, five holes, unless you're behind a couple strokes, you're going to kind of play the same way. I mean, the greens at Pebble Beach are not very big. You have to try to keep it below the hole or keep it in the right spot, you know, on the on the lower side of the hole because if you get above the hole, they're fast. And 
you know, I always knew we had a we had a one stroke lead, and then when when he hit that three wood on fourteen and made birdie, um, I did mm-hmm. look on seventeen, obviously, and so did Gary, and they posted Brooks at ten, and Gary was at twelve, and I made sure I asked one of the camera guys I knew just to you know make sure we had a two stroke lead, not a one stroke lead, you know, because sometimes those scoreboards can be wrong. Yeah. Is that something you do often, you know, ask the camera guys? Because obviously the camera guys are seeing it, you know, they're, they're clued in with the production truck. And then I always find that interesting. Do you guys ask, you know, whether it's, you know, a, a volunteer or a camera guy, you guys do that a lot to ask, ask and make sure you're, you're on track with the score? Yeah, I would never ask a volunteer. I always ask a camera guy. You know, generally, <laughs> if you're, you have a chance to win the golf tournament, there's, there's camera guys with you. And they all have your right. pieces and, and they know exactly what's going on. So it's always good just to double check because, you know, sometimes even the electronic scoreboards could be wrong. U.S. Open, they have the manual right. ones. So right. it could be relayed to that, you know, to the volunteer on 17 that he made par, but, you know, or maybe you report a birdie, you see you have a one-stroke lead, they, you know, someone, the shot link guy, whoever's doing it, put the wrong score in. So, <laughs> you, you know, you just always double check that kind of stuff. Um, so w- what would you say was the hardest part about when you mentioned the small greens, you mentioned trying to be below the hole. Like strategically, what, what was the hardest part about winning at Pebble this year? I think the hardest part of Pebble is you just got to, you know, first of all, the shots you get, you hit in the rough, you got to get them up to the front of the greens, give yourself a chance to get it up and down. I mean, you get the odd flyer and it goes over the green. Now it's, you know, it's hard to get your chip within 15, 20 feet. So it, it was just generally keeping the ball below the hole. Uh, hitting it on the smart side of the hole, which obviously it comes down to the, you know, the, Gary's got to be able to hit it there. I mean, we could discuss where to hit it and, you know, keep it short, you know, and it's also a lot easier to do from the fairway because you can control the ball a lot better, but right. yeah, I, I think at Pebble, you just, you got to hit it on the right side of the hole. Yeah. Speaking of the golf course, Brennan, the USGA had been criticized for the U S open setups. What was your thoughts on the setup this year? I thought the, the setup was great. I thought they did a really good job. I had a feeling in my mind when I heard Rory and a few other guys complain that, you know, they're going to give the U.S. Open another shot, that it was going to be fair. I don't yeah. think they, you know, yeah. they got anywhere near losing a green or putting a pin that was unplayable. So yeah. I thought they did a really good job. Obviously, the scores indicate that being a little bit, been a little bit lower than they want, but there was also not much win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get a little bit more wind in those scores, you know. So they had we had pretty good weather all the time, and I, I thought they did a great job. I know Jason Gore, who was a former tour player that was hired by the USGA to kind of talk to guys and do you know and make sure that the setup was um, was what the guys wanted. And I yeah, like I say, I think they did a great job. Yeah, I think that was a smart hire by them to to have Jason Gore come out and take a look at it and help him out set up and. Uh, you know, I thought we were there. Um, we thought, I thought it played tough if you missed the fairways and it was hard to get the ball on the green or, or get it to the right spot. And, you know, as much as the scores were lower, I think what people people often enjoy as a fan or as a viewer, people often enjoy just seeing some struggle if they do miss the green, right? Or if they do there. You, you saw a lot of guys still taking two two hacks at it out of the rough or two hacks at it out of the bunker. So I think you, you saw in a way – you saw some of that carnage a little bit with some struggle because the good shots were rewarded. The bad shots weren't. And, and that's really, I think the, the most important part. So, uh, so it was, it was fun to watch and it was great. No, I agree. And I think it's, 
No, I was just saying, I think it's very tough to set up a golf course when you have, when, when people are teeing off at seven o'clock and then you have the last group at three o'clock, you know, last year Mm -hmm. at Shinnecock, they had a couple pins that we played, we played it in the morning and the, in the, the greens were fine. They still hadn't gotten really crusty and hard. And when we played it, the pins were fine, but you take another four or five hours at 30 mile an hour wind. Now the greens get dry and you know, where the pins were located on some of the slopes, the balls were just, you know, a guy would hit a putt and it would roll eight feet past. Yeah. So you almost right. have to be on the side of, you know, on the side of caution just for, you know, it, the pebble could have easily had a 30 mile an hour wind. And when that happens, you get some of those greens, you know, half the holes there on the ocean where those greens are so, so exposed. Yeah, so absolutely. It's very difficult. I mean, I, I, that's not a job I would want. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, no, I hear you. It, 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 it's hard to live up to those expectations. So, uh, so let's get to the important stuff real quick. How did we celebrate? <laughs> what was it like? I, I, I heard you guys went to the tap room, but what was the celebration like? Who was there? What did you drink out of the cup? Give us some details. Yeah, I, let me tell you this. In 03, my celebration was a lot better. Um, <laughs> I was heading up. We headed up. We had a Toronto for a couple of days and had a great time. This one, I had a 7 a.m. flight to San Fran, like I say, to get back. My boys were playing baseball. So I was rushing right. back, uh, flight, flight ended up getting canceled, but we just hung out there. Um, you know, Gary's parents were there. Um, some of the Puma people, there was probably 15, 20 people in the hospital, in the player hospitality. And then we went down to the tap room at the hotel for, I was probably there about an hour, but you know, there was some guys that were hanging around that were on the charter to Hartford in the morning. And some of the Fox guys were there. Obviously, Gary, his agent, you know, his parents. There was so I don't know how many people we had kind of in the back of it, but um, it was pretty low key, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, as far as the cup goes, um, they had a couple bottles. The the, the uh, restaurant bought a couple bottles of champagne, and they were just kind of passing it around. But. Um, I heard after there was a little bit more, you know, some different stuff in there. (laughs) (laughs) To be expected. They turned it up a notch later in the night after you left, huh? Exactly. I, well, that's, I'm a little bit older too, you know, but it was, it was nice. It just gets to hang out with Gary and, you know, even though everything's such a whirlwind because he's doing media and he's running out doing this and that. So, We'll have our time to really sit down and go over it here somewhere, whether it's in Europe or maybe during the playoffs. Yeah, you'll have some time to relive those moments. It'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, it will. It's you know, it's it's one of those things where we we obviously both have two different lives when we're gone, and you know, you rush out of there, and he ended up going to New York, and then he's got stuff to do at home. So, and then last week's pretty much a whirlwind with him trying to do media and people coming up and fans. So, you know, it's a great problem to have, but. We'll just one of these days. I mean, we'll get down and when it's uh, when the when the dust settles and have a little chat about how things went. Oh, for sure. I mean, like you, you still have a busy schedule ahead of you. So, I mean, speaking of just kind of schedule, like, do you have a certain travel routine that you you and Gary or you do specifically, not only Pebble but in the tournament? Yeah, the majors are a little bit different because Gary likes to normally go in and play on Sundays, which is a great day to play because okay, we okay. were talking about 
going over to Cyprus and playing Sunday morning, you know, he and I and a couple of friends. And I was just like, you know, the Sundays, especially U.S. Open, because there's 156 people. Rounds are super slow. I said, why don't we just go play 18 on Sunday at Pebble and then play 999. And then you're not stuck out there, you know, for eight hours every day. You, it's, you can relax. You can, you know, work on your game a little bit, play nine holes each day, get a feel. Because we already know the golf course anyways. Obviously, it's set up a little bit different. Right. Um, so the majors, I generally get in and we'll play on Sundays. In regular tournaments, um, a lot of times he'll come in Tuesdays at noon. So I'll get in on Monday. I'll either walk some of the holes Monday night or I'll, I'll walk them Tuesday morning. And then we normally meet around lunch or whatever. He'll hit a few balls and then we'll go play nine holes. And then obviously Wednesday's the pro-am and then you're right into the tournament and out of there Sunday night if you can. Now, now Brendan, this isn't your first time you've caddied for a major winner. How does this one differ from the Masters with Mike Weir in 2003? Oh, I think they're totally different. When I started with Mike, I mean, I started in 99 and right away, you know, he won in 99, he wins in 2000. He'd won three times. That was the third win of the year in 03. Uh, You know, you never really think, you know, it's always nice to think you're going to win a major, but even then I knew, I mean, it's, it's, you could, there's a lot of great players that have never won majors. I mean, they're, they're hard to win. And back then we had Tiger in his prime too. So he was winning half of them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you had Mickelson right. else. So, but anyways, it that one was more. I was a lot younger. And not that you, you know, it just it just happened that one. And then obviously, I went a long time in between. And you know, this one just has a different feeling because you go 15 years, and then you're like, oh, you know, I'm, we may I may never work for a guy that competes in a major or wins a major. But to to have it happen again is obviously very fortunate. I mean, I've, I've been I've been fortunate to have good you know good golfers throughout my career, which is obviously what you need if you want to be a successful caddy. Absolutely. So was there, was there anything, uh, is there anything from that? I mean, I know you said you were younger, but was there anything in particular from that win at the masters with Mike that you drew on or that, that was a familiar, uh, was a familiar feeling that you used to help win with Gary? Um, I'm sure there was, I, I think every tournament you're in contention, even if, whether it's a smaller PGA Tour event or Gary's been doing well in the majors recently, you know, the PGA and last year when he was up there the whole time. I think just being in contention gives you the feeling, you, you know, you kind of know. And I think that really helps Gary to realize what he what he does that's that's good and what he, you know, what he's done does that isn't so good. And he's got to learn from his mistakes. And I think that's generally, you, you see that from a lot of guys, they kind of improve their game, improve their game, improve their game, and then win. You know, now some yeah. guys just go win. and But Gary's game's just steadily gotten better. And having those experiences in tournaments, you know, playing well most of the year, um, getting to feel the majors the last few years that, you know, he's, he's much more comfortable, I could tell, that it just, uh, it was just a progression. Yeah, it seemed like it, and and he's had a he's had a lot of um, just progress this year specifically, but specifically the last two years. Is there anything? What about the team uh, around him and yourself? Uh, I know he's made you know a swing coach has, has made some changes. He said he's you know worked a lot harder over these couple of years to kind of uh, make a commitment to this you know I think relatively updated team that he's got. Um, what would you say around that surrounding that team? that's that's changed or that's that's helped him 
had so much success this year? Because he's been in the hunt so much. He's been playing a lot of good golf. He has. I think two things. I think a year and a half ago, he started working with Pete Cowan. He realized his bunker play wasn't that good and his chipping needed some help. And, you know, he, he's always uh, taken lessons from Butch Harmon until Butch retired last year. But Butch had said, hey, I think Pete Cowan's one of the best, you know, short game guys. So sure enough, he started working with Pete. That's taken a little time, but his technique's gotten a lot better and he feels a lot more comfortable with it. And it's also someone that he talks to at tournaments because depending on the rough, how should I play this? You know, it, do you kind of cut it? Do you try to hook it a little bit? And Pete's really good that way. He's worked with everyone. Awesome. He's kind of really helped Gary. So definitely the short game's improved. And then last year after the British Open, he started working with Phil Kenyon, the putting coach. And, you know, same as, as it happened with Pete, it took a little time. But, you know, he's he really like he, he's not afraid to work on his weaknesses which a lot of tour players don't like to do. A lot of tour players that are good ball strikers that aren't good putters, they like to go to the range and hit balls because it makes them feel good. They're comfortable. Gary realized if I really am going to be a good player and win tournaments and win majors, that I got to be a better putter and I need to work on my short game. So he, and he's done that. And obviously this last week, it, it really paid off. But yeah. he's hey, generally, look. the game has gotten better over the last few years. If you're if you're hitting sixty four degree wedges off the green on on the seventeenth or the whatever the seventy first hole of a major and just sticking it to tap in range, then uh, obviously you've done something right over this, with the short game the past past year or two. So that's that's good to hear. That's interesting. I think our I think our listeners will love that. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit. So what's your favorite place to play on tour? Uh, I don't know. That's really tough. I mean, I love Pebble. I, I like the Masters. I always like going to the Open Championship because I love Lynx golf. You know, just to – and I think as a caddy, you really you really have to work and be aware of everything because you can the, – the, obviously the ball rolls on the ground forever. And when you're downwind or into the wind, you know, there's 100 yards difference. So the, the wind starts blowing one way. One day, the next day, it's into the wind. You're playing two completely different golf courses. Um, generally, here, you're hitting drivers in the fairway. Sometimes, you know, if you want to hit a three or four iron downwind, but you're kind of hitting it to the same place. Whereas over there, it could be anything. So I always like doing that because I think it's a really good challenge. I, I like going over there. But generally, every course we play is pretty good. I mean, the tournaments, they do a great job setting up the courses. They're all in good shape. Uh, and the tournaments are getting better and better the way they run. You know, they're having concerts. They're they're trying to get younger people out. So it's it's just hard to say one course that I really like more than others. Yeah, um, Brennan, what's uh, what's something that we don't know about Gary that would stand out if anyone met him? You know, somebody else asked me that. It was funny. Uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. He he's never had anything out of the water in his life to eat. He is a <laughs> meat and potatoes guy from the midwest so he won't so ever no, go eat no sushi. he won't eat any kind of fish no no fish nothing from the water and now everybody jokes about it with him and what? he's just now he's just yeah maybe that's true as someone that loves the fish how are you gonna you know tell him all the enjoyments of fresh fish well we've talked about it his wife eats sushi and i think He's got a streak going now, and he's not going to break it. He's being a little uh, stubborn on that part, but so. one of these one of these days, 
for fish. I mean, shoot, there's so many varieties. I mean, I'm about to put some uh, salmon on the grill after this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fish. Well, I, I love crab. I always tell him, let's go eat some crab legs. And he's like, you know, gross. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you call things mm-hmm. gross when you don't try them? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I so I hear you're a hockey player too, is that right? I still play a little hockey. I mean, obviously, I grew up in Canada, so I played my whole life, and we've got a little yeah. men's league team here. I play once in a while, but oh, I'm did. a huge was, hockey fan. That was gonna be my next thing because I'm a hockey guy too. I grew up playing hockey. I'm from Connecticut, and uh, so I was gonna ask if you still play in the beer leagues like I do. I do. Uh, I fill in once in a while. I'm, uh, you know, I play every other week. I'd say when I'm home. Wednesday nights just depends on the game time and if there's other things going on, but I love to play. I love it. Well, if you're, if you're in LA, if you're at Riviera, you gotta let me know, bring out the hockey gear. We'll, we'll, we'll go play some pickup. Perfect. little lunchtime pickup. Let's do it. I was going to say you a Kings, Ducks, Sharks. Uh, well, so I grew up in Connecticut, so, you know, I, I, I don't, I, you're probably going to hit me for this and Scotty and I have a little battle. But I'm a I'm a Bruins fan, so I'm a, I'm a little heartbroken right now. <laughs> LGB, well, you guys can't win everything there. <laughs> no, we can't win everything. That was a good season, you guys. No, uh, Brennan, I was born and raised in St. Louis, so Gloria is still playing. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I thought uh, you know for being the worst team in the league on January third to win in the Stanley Cup and. I was happy. A buddy of mine is the GM in St. Louis. He uh, he grew up in the same town as Mike Weir, and he was the GM here in Dallas for a while. So I thought it was great for him to win. So you, so you're living in Dallas. You're from Toronto. Who's your team? Well, I grew up a Montreal Canadiens fan, and then since I've been down here, I'm I'm pretty much a Stars guy. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Like well, congrats. I mean, what about the? Uh, this is a total. This is a totally different sport, but what about the Raptors? Are you happy to see them uh, grab the title this uh, this past year? I am. I thought it was great for the city. I'm not a huge basketball guy, and especially yeah, the NBA, yeah. but I will say I did watch four or five games from from the from the start to the finish, which is very rare. I don't know the last time I watched an NBA game the whole you know the whole way through, but yeah, no, I was very happy right. for them. I just hope I hope Kawhi stays now and doesn't break their hearts. Yeah, agreed. Uh, well, I'm a Spurs fan, so I broke my heart when he left. But actually, it's okay. I yeah, I hope he stays at least a, a season or two for you guys. It'll be good for you guys in the city for sure. Yeah, it would. And I think well, I think even see, if he yeah. leaves, they'll still they'll still be very proud of him and, and give him a big cheer when he comes back because of what he did. And uh, I don't know. I have a feeling he's going to go back home to LA. Two rings. Yeah. Wants to, you know, wants to be at home. So I, I wouldn't shock me one bit if he's gone. Brendan, you have the nickname Butchie. How did that come about, Butchie? No idea. My dad gave me the nickname Butch when I was a young kid. No one seems to know. My dad's obviously not around anymore, but no one seems to know where the nickname. I've had it since I've been two or three, which is actually oh, a good okay. thing because when you come out on tour with no nickname, you're going to have a nickname. And it may not be one you like. So the good thing for me was I had it when I came out. So no one else gave me another nickname. <laughs> so Brandon, uh, what, uh, what's something, int- what's the most interesting, did you ask him about this bag? <laughs> I forgot. Did you, uh, 
Uh, what's the most interesting thing Gary's got yeah. in his bag? Uh, he really isn't any anything interesting. He's got a coin that he uses. He's used it for a long time. He he has tape because he tapes up his hand all over the place. Notice uh, that. But other than that, there's nothing there's nothing unique in there. And to be honest, if it had any weight to it, I take all the stuff out that I can, so it wouldn't be in there long. <laughs> Good for you. Right. I I did notice, you know, I did notice the taping of his hand. I mean, it's, of course, there's grip, there's for blisters, there's so forth. But is there other? Is there any other reason for 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 the excess of uh, of tape? No, I think he. I think one time he said he did it when he was practicing, and and, and now it's just a habit. He puts it. I don't even know. He puts it on yeah. three fingers, but he comes out. Comes out every day. Tapes up. Grabs a glove, and then goes to the range. So. I think it's all, I think a lot of guys do the same thing, just more of habit than actually mm-hmm. repairing anything on your hand or protecting. Uh, all right, Ben, a couple more questions. We'll get you out of here. Uh, w- so you're from Dallas, a lot of great golf in Dallas. Where's, where's your home track? Where do you play at a lot? When you have time. I play at a course called Glen Eagles when I play. Yeah. I play at a course generally called Glen Eagles, which is right by my place. And there's some guys that have a Friday game. I'll go out and play usually lose money, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, if not, I'll play, I, I am a PGA, a, a section member still. So I'll get around and play with my buddies at different tracks, but you know, with, with the kids and baseball and all different sports, I mean, it's hard to, uh, especially in the summer, I never play in the summertime cause they're always doing stuff, but you know, when school, t- when school's in and I get a little free time. Sometimes I'll, I'll sneak out and play. You got to go over and play with our boy, uh, Austin Smotherman in that, uh, Trinity forest money game. Yeah. Well, they won't give me enough strokes for that, <laughs> but I do like going down there and playing it's a fun <laughs> course to play, but I think I need to, uh, tune my game up a little bit before I get into the money game down there. <laughs> so we know you went to New Mexico state and played some golf there. Uh, how's the golf game looking at now? You're, you're, ta- you're talking about strokes. Like, what's what, what's the handicap like? I don't know. I've never really had a handicap, but I would probably be a two or three. Oh, two, yeah. three, four. You know, and if I play a little bit, I can. So I'm going to. I'm 49 now. I'll be 50, and I can play in some section stuff next year. So um, I've got a bit of the bug back, and I've been working, you know, with Phil on my putting just a little bit, you know, on the putting green when Gary's doing stuff or he's busy. And I've learned a lot from Pete in the chipping, so that's helped too. So a little bit of osmosis and knowledge have uh, have helped my game as well. So are you saying that we might see you a little bit on uh, out on the out on the playing greens in uh, next year? Come next year? No, be, no, because the tournaments I'll be in will be right here in Dallas. I have no aspirations uh-huh. of playing in the Champions Tour. Um, I see all these guys, 48, 49, 50, going out and playing out there, and I watch them play, and I'm like, these guys are still really good. So it's, uh, it's, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, you move, you move the tee boxes up a little, and the champions guys are just as good as the guys on tour. The short game is phenomenal. Um, but anyways, so what's the, uh, what's, what's the schedule? Well, you get guys like, like Steve Stricker and these guys that come out and play. <laughs> You're right, exactly. Uh, it's, it's the same as it was before. So we're going uh, off. I'm off for a couple of weeks, and then the Open Championship, and then come back to Memphis for the World Golf Event. And then there's a week off, which is the Wyndham, and three weeks of playoff events. 
which goes right through the tour championship. And that ends basically the 2019 year. The only thing, uh, Gary's wife's expecting twins sometime, you know, it, it's supposed to be a month from now, but if anything was to happen, yeah. uh, you know, this schedule might change a week or two, but there's really not much to change if we're playing five of the next six. <laughs> That's yeah. right. This this season seems like it's flown by with the schedule changes. Last question, you're going out to the uh, to Ireland for for the open um thoughts on the course setup thoughts, have you ever been out to ireland to play golf emily and i had the pleasure of going out last summer loved it um didn't play port rush though uh you got any thoughts or any insight on that i i don't really know i have not been to port rush i've been to ireland myself to play some golf uh i've asked you know Matt Roy and there's a couple of caddies there's a bunch of guys that have played up there a lot and everyone says the place is fantastic and we're going to love it. So I'm really excited. I'm excited to go over there for, for some of the courses that I'm not really that fond of. But I think this year is going to be great. So let's just hope the weather's somewhat decent because the weather can be awful over there. And then it makes it very difficult, not very yeah. enjoyable. So you get some good weather in Ireland for, you know, it, it makes the tournament so much more enjoyable. Awesome. Oh, without well, question. Are you going a couple of days um, uh, longer? Uh, I'm not. I'm going to go a couple days early um, because I'm going to go in on Friday and I may play golf. Um, there's a couple of caddies that live in Dublin that are not going to be there because the Scottish opens that week, but they said they hooked me up. So I might just go play golf on, uh, on Saturday. And then it's a three hour drive from Dublin up to Port Rush. So I'd go up Saturday night or, and then I'll come back cause I got to work the next week, which is in Memphis. That's right. Are you, uh, you said you're going to play golf on Saturday. Are you playing, if you're in Dublin, is, is it going to be Port Marnock? No, I've played Port Marnock. It's either going to be Royal Dublin or one of the other golf, what this other golf course or one of the guys is a member. Okay. I got you. Uh, it'll probably be Royal Dublin. Okay. All right. Well, you have to let us know how it goes. Emily and I had the pleasure of playing Port Marnock last year. It was amazing. Um, so we love, we love golf in Ireland. We hope you guys do. Uh, as well and, and good luck good luck the rest of the way and uh enjoy enjoy ireland and enjoy the uh the open championship uh amazing win congrats again man yeah thank you very much i appreciate it it was a lot yeah. of fun butchie you're always welcome whether you win lose you can always come back thank you very much okay i appreciate it thanks see you emily bye brandon thank bye. you take care yeah thanks guys see you bye bye, bye. All right, what an interview! Thank you, Brennan Little. I appreciate that so much. It was a good, it's a great interview. Not yeah. that I'm biased or anything. No, I think it was great. Hopefully, our listeners enjoyed that. Some great insight into what we all watched on Father's Day, and um, really, really special. And you know, hopefully, he comes back when when he wins another major and tells us all about it. I don't think Gary's going anywhere. Like I said, on, on the you know in the interview, Gary's had a great year. It seems like his progress is coming up. He's just been ascending. So. Thank you again, Brennan, for coming on. And uh, for all you listeners, you know, we have, uh, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, Podbean. We would love for you to click that little follow button on Instagram, but also on Twitter. Love for you to give us a a rating, a review on iTunes. Um, The more the merrier. We absolutely love it. Yeah. And so also, too, as we get kind of into the slower part of the golf season, before the last major of the year, 
these always aren't coming on a certain day. So the only way to stay up to date and knowing all of these podcasts drop and who the guests are is you have to be subscribed. So to all the listeners, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Yes, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, Thank you, guys. Hope you enjoyed it this week. We will see you next week. Enjoy the Irish Open. Watch it at LaHinch. Yeah. uh, And enjoy another new tournament up in Minnesota, the 3M. We will see you guys next week. Bye. 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 (laughs) Bye.